Welcome into Rocky Talk, the daily Tennessee podcast. My name is Josh Ward. I am excited to be with you today to begin the week here after Tennessee practice over the last three days, including Sunday's open practice for Tennessee fans and the media to watch at Neyland Stadium. So today's show is loaded up. Some observations, takeaways, players that stood out on Sunday at Tennessee's open practice. We were able to see some 11-on-11 work. I'll get to that coming up on the show. David Ubbin of TheAthletic.com covering Tennessee. He and I chatted after the practice. So David's takeaway from what he's seen and heard over the last three days, what Tennessee needs to work on, and some interesting observations made by David on Tennessee's quarterbacks in practice. Also, Jeremy Pruitt talking about Tennessee's quarterbacks, what he has seen in the first weekend of camp for Tennessee. As three days are now in the books. Tennessee is off today, and then we'll get back to practice for this week on Tuesday. I'm going to get to all of that coming up on Rocky Talk, the daily Tennessee podcast, and I'm really excited to announce that the show has a new sponsor, TheAthletic.com. The Athletic is a subscription-based publisher of smarter sports coverage for diehard fans, and they have a simple model. No ads, no pop-ups, and no autoplay videos. And the way I describe it is your internet browser doesn't crash when you try to open up the website. It's clean and it's simple. I've actually been a subscriber myself for almost a year. I love the website. I go to it every day. They offer authentic, in-depth coverage written by journalists who know their teams inside and out, including David Ubbin, who you're going to hear from later on on this show. And he's been working on a really interesting series, which he's going to tell you about on Tennessee's new head coach, Jeremy Pruitt. So check it out. Subscribers have access to local and national content with more than 650 news stories published every week across all sports. And one reason I'm excited to have The Athletic on board as a partner with this show is I really believe in the work that they're doing with that website. That's why I'm a subscriber myself. They have great writers both locally and nationally. In the college football world, writers like Stuart Mandel, Bruce Feldman, and Nicole Auerbach, and a bunch more that cover all different sports as well. And how about this? If you want to subscribe, you can go to theathletic.com slash rockytalk. Theathletic.com slash R-O-C-K-Y-T-A-L-K. And that will give you an offer of 40% off a first-year subscription. That's only $2.99 a month. You can't get a cup of coffee a lot of times for $2.99. It's an incredible deal, and I can't recommend them enough. So go to theathletic.com slash rockytalk. You can get 40% off a first-year subscription. It's only $2.99 a month for all kinds of Tennessee, college football, and all other sports covered at theathletic.com. Big thanks to The Athletic for hopping on board on Rocky Talk, the daily Tennessee podcast. And on Sunday, Tennessee held its open practice. I've got three takeaways to begin today's show. It's really going to be around the individual performers. Uh, One would be that Elante Taylor can play in the SEC. We came out of the spring not knowing for sure if Elante would be on defense or offense. But as the offseason went along and we opened fall camp, we knew that Elante Taylor was going to open up at cornerback. And he really looks like he can play on that side of the ball. Made a couple of picks on Sunday. And really, it's, it's his athletic ability. It's his ability to be physical on that side of the ball. There's a reason that Jeremy Pruitt, when he was at Alabama, recruited Elante Taylor as a defensive back. He clearly saw something in Taylor that he could play in the defensive backfield. And when you consider Tennessee's need at corner, the question marks at that position, and the upside that Elante Taylor offers, I don't know if he's a starter day one, although it could be, but Elante Taylor is going to play immediately this fall for Tennessee. He's going to help that defensive backfield. 
And he's going to have a chance to be, I think, an all-SEC player as a defensive back as his career goes along at Tennessee. Another newcomer, tight end Dominique Wood-Anderson, is definitely going to be involved in Tennessee's offense. I think he's probably a starter this fall right away. And he's a guy that is going to be involved in the passing game in a number of different ways. We saw him on Sunday make a catch in the open field where he was able to extend in traffic and catch the football. He was also a guy that could catch the football closer to the line of scrimmage and then have a chance to make some plays with his legs. Dominique Wood Anderson is a big player at the tight end position who can still move. So my first two takeaways have to do with some newcomers who I think are going to help Tennessee immediately. David Ubbin and I are going to talk about those two players coming up in just a few minutes. And then the third observation would be that Jared Garantano looks like the number one quarterback right now. I would also say, like most of the team, Garantano and the other quarterbacks have plenty to work on. Garantano is far from a finished product, far from a perfect quarterback out there. But right now, I think if you look at what they were doing in practice on Sunday, it's clear that Garantano is the number one guy and that Keller Christ is the number two quarterback. There are three and a half weeks to go, almost four weeks to go, for that to change. And Keller Christ is going to continue to push. And Garantano, remember, did go through spring practice. Keller Christ did not. So Christ could catch up. And again, Garantano has plenty to work on. In fact, listen to what Jeremy Pruitt said Sunday when he was asked about the quarterbacks. This was before the Sunday practice. But this is what Jeremy Pruitt said when he was asked what he had seen from the quarterbacks so far during the weekend. It's been a lot of good and a lot of bad, you know. Uh, and I think they wouldn't be here if they didn't have ability. we got to get them to be consistent, understand what we're trying to get done, uh, make the guys around them better. Uh, so it's two practices in. It's really hard to tell. So a lot of good and a lot of bad. And he was talking about all the quarterbacks there. And Jeremy Pruitt went on to also say that The good is that they have the arm talent, they have some leadership qualities, they can extend plays. The bad is that they've been inconsistent. They've had issues changing protection, making the right calls in the run game, throwing the ball into the wrong spot, speeding everything up. So there's a lot to work on. A little bit of coach speak probably in the answer from Jeremy Pruitt as well, but he's correct. There is plenty to work on, and there are some good things that Jared Garantano is doing. There are some not so good things that he is doing as well. But I think right now, Jarrett Garantano is the number one quarterback for Tennessee. We'll see if anything happens over the next few weeks before the West Virginia game to change that. You are listening to Rocky Talk, the daily Tennessee podcast. My name is Josh Ward, and the show is available every day on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and the third-party apps. And Sunday, after Tennessee's practice, I had a chance to sit down with David Ubbin. He covers Tennessee for TheAthletic.com. And the first thing that we talked about is just what has stood out to David about what he has seen from Tennessee over the first three days of fall camp? Well, there's a long way to go. This is not a team that's ready to, to, to jump into the fray of the SEC. Fortunately, they've got about you know a few games in the first month of the season. West Virginia will be tough, but they can win that game. It's not a game that they're going to be, I think, overwhelmed, but they got a long way to go. Uh, this is a team that still has to figure out its identity. They have to figure out who they are, are going to be able to rely on at a number of positions. We'll get into that later, um, but... I think just a team that, that still has a lot to learn about itself and who it can be. I think that's the biggest thing. We're, we're early on in camp, but I'm not sure that there's a team in the country that has more sort of variables at this point than Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, when we look just across the roster, there are a number of a, num- a large number of players at each position group, right? But it, it does appear very wide open at just about 
every position group in terms of playing time available, even starting positions that are available, I'd say, right now with a lot of spots. Yeah, I think you look at the roster and you look at practice today. You know, we were talking about this earlier, but, like, Nigel Warrior, Trey Smith when he gets back, Juwan Jennings, uh, you know, Marquez Callaway. Beyond that, you know, I think everything's sort of open. I think you're obviously going to see Batuli's going to play, but but there's so much competition still going out there because, you know, this this coaching staff wanted to get a feel for what they had uh, in in the spring, and now it's sort of figuring out, well, who can we be? What's the depth chart going to look like? I don't think they really even gave any thought to a depth chart in spring. I think they thought it was pointless. And now they're trying to start to figure out. I mean, today was just shorts and shells, the first time they put on uh, the, the, the shoulder pads. But they just – I think they still have a lot to learn about this team and, and who it's going to be. And I think we're still looking at a team that, that's got to find out who it is. There are also probably a number of guys that they would love to emerge or they, they expect that they're probably going to need. Like you mentioned Batuli, him coming back after being limited in the spring. They know they need him at linebacker. Darren Kirkland Jr., I'm sure they would love for him to be a guy they can rely on. But it's been two years since we've seen him play healthy football. I think Dominique Wood Anderson is a newcomer that's, that's on that list, that he's going to be needed and relied on to make plays. He's probably going to be a safety valve guy a, a lot of times within the offense. There are a number of guys that probably fit that kind of description. Absolutely. When you look at the newcomers and the young guys, I mean, Wood Anderson jumps off the page at you. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I tweeted about this before the game, uh, before the practice today. There's not a lot of the, the you know, you call them get-off-the-bus All-Americans, guys that you can see them and be like, okay, that guy's different. Trey Smith is one of those guys. Tennessee didn't have very many of them. Dominic Wood Anderson is definitely one of those guys. You know, he's listed 6'4", 257. We all, the more time you spend around college football, there's a lot of embellishment that goes on on the, on the height weight chart. In his case, it is not. He is thick and he is quick and he is fast when he, go, when he starts going straight line. He's a guy that, yeah, you mentioned it. I mean, he's going to be able to do everything for them. He's going to be able to, to, to block. I, I will be shocked if he's not starting the ver- first snap of the, of the season this year. Uh, he's a guy that is really impressive. And two today, Alante Taylor, a true freshman, people are going to focus on him. You know, he picked off both quarterbacks today. Two interceptions. Those were the only uh, picks in the, in the first and second team drills or, or the pass skeleton. But uh, – just a dude that was constantly everywhere. Not a guy, he's going up against bigger receivers, older receivers. You can kind of see the dog come out in some of these guys. And I think you saw that today uh, when you're playing against guys that, that are vets and that are bigger than you and you just don't back down. He did that all day today. It paid off in two big plays. But I think even if he did not have those two plays, which I think will draw a lot more eyes on him, I mean, he's a guy that, that I'll be shocked if he's not playing consistently You know, by the middle of the season, by the end of the season, if he's not a guy that's a big part part of their uh, rotation in the secondary. David Ubbin, TheAthletic.com. You're right on Alante. At the end of spring, when we, if we brought up the cornerbacks, I'd say, uh, I don't know. I mean, Balaam Buchanan, I guess, he's, you know, he's a guy that you're going to have to count on. But Alante's a guy where if I said, hey, six weeks into the season – He's their best corner. That's that's believable, right? As a true freshman who sent, yeah, he spent part of the spring at receiver. Well, the the ability is there. I think you see it. He's not lacking in size. I think he's like six foot one ninety. He's pretty normal cornerback size. Just with the young guys, the speed of the game, a little bit you got to go. Not as much with corner because corner is just pure athletic ability. Also. There's a lot of technique and those kind of things. But once you figure out what you're doing and you can just play and not be thinking about okay, well this coverage, this coverage, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to shade here. Once you can stop thinking about it, you can just play and you can get comfortable, you can really start to shine. And we've seen it in this league and in college football. 
if you're a true freshman that's going to be a special player, it shows quick. Yeah. And when you can get those 15 spring practices in like he did and sort of speed up that process, it means a lot for some guys. And I think for Taylor, I think it's going to be a guy that it means a lot for. We saw it today. I think Tennessee, when they look at the tape of this practice, that coaching staff, they're going to be excited about what they see from him. The position that everybody's wondering what's going to happen here, the, the biggest position battle, that's going to be quarterback. So it's Garantano versus Chris. What stands out about what you see from those guys? I know you're paying attention to to that and writing about it at The Athletic. Yeah, so at The Athletic, our practice report, I charted every single throw that those two guys made uh, in team drills, in pass skeleton, everything. And uh, you can go on theathletic.com and, and read about that. But I think the big thing that I take away from those two guys is Chris is very calm under pressure. He has an ability that when the pocket is collapsing, and I think from what we saw today, He's going to have a lot more collapsing pockets than he is comfortable pockets. When that happens, he's going to be able to get the ball out. When the ball has to come out, he gets it out. He does it accurately. He puts it where it needs to be. He does not make tough throws. I mean, people, you know, uh, sort of drool over guys that, you know, uh, have big bodies and people make a big deal about velocity. But, like, decisiveness and accuracy, I think, really get or get uh, uh, underrated in terms of talking about what a quarterback can do. And Chris really did that well today. Uh, Garantano had a pretty good day. But I think certainly, and you can read about this at The Athletic, when, the, when it's team drills, when they're, they're talking about 11 guys, you got dudes in your face, uh, Chris was the better guy today. Yeah, I mean, one, one thing you have to consider is the kind of situations these quarterbacks are going to be in, right? And as you mentioned, the offensive line, and, and Trey Smith's not out there yet, and that's going to happen later in August is the expectation. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that, that's, that's, still an, that's still an if right now. Yeah. Um, but what we see right now is an offensive line that has a lot of work to be done, and that's, that makes me wonder what might the coaching staff look for from the quarterbacks with the current yeah, offensive I think, line. I think people lean on, well, Garantano's more athletic, so we should go with him because the offensive line's not going to be good. But it kind of goes back to what I said before. If you got a guy that when he knows the ball has to come out and he can find that guy running that drive route, the guy sliding underneath, that's just as valuable as being able to scramble and extend the play. I mean, how many times did we see Garantano last year scramble, extend the play, but what's the point of extending the play if you don't have guys that can get open you can't do anything with it? That doesn't really mean anything. And so we'll see. There's still a lot to go. It's a small sample size. Today's one practice. But certainly, I think Keller Chris was impressive today. The first time that he's put on pads and been out there in front of the coaches, like I said, when they look at that, they're going to be impressed with what they saw from Keller Chris today. And, and there's still a long way to go. Almost a month ago, a little less than four weeks until Tennessee opens up against West Virginia. Thank it's probably, but it's a good thing for Tennessee, too, that there's a long way to go. They, they have a lot of work to do, which I think everybody would have guessed going in. But I think that's obvious after a few days, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it, it's, it's going to be – I do think there's something to be said for uh, a little bit more urgency when you have a, a top flight opponent to start. They'll get a top 25 opponent, mm -hmm. a very good West Virginia team that they can they can win that game. Uh, that'll be They're going to be a, a significant underdog in that game, but they can win it, and it's the first game of the year as well. Um, but I think you're kind of seeing that with this team, and I think that helps Jeremy Pruitt. I mean, obviously you've got guys that want to impress the new coaching staff that want to, um, you know, Make a, make a name for themselves early on. But you can kind of see the urgency, and I think that'll pay off for them uh, down the line. I think this is a team that, that uh, you know, has a lot to prove, but they've got a lot of time to do it. And, and I think we'll see as, as camp goes on what that looks like and how those guys develop. You can follow him on Twitter, at David Ubbin. Check out the uh, piece looking at practice and charting the quarterbacks that he mentioned at The Athletic. Also something that you've been working on that's been coming out over the last few weeks, David, a series on uh, Jeremy Pruitt in the last uh, series, or the last part of the series going up to be 
begin the week? It is. Um, so I've basically, back in June, I spent a week in uh, Rainsville, Alabama, which uh, is the hometown of one Jeremy Pruitt, who some Tennessee fans might know. Uh, I've been living the uh, the Pruitt life, talking to everyone around him and, and dealing with like 80 pages of notes, digging through all that. And we've had a six-piece series. I think the central question um, is just, who is Jeremy Pruitt? Um, he's a guy who's been prominent in this game for a while, but a guy who obviously is private, not really going to be forthcoming with a lot of details about himself or his life. Um, but the people around him uh, are obviously going to tell a lot more of the story, and that's what we wanted to do with this series. So part one, I sort of talked about his um, uh, link and his now conflicted hometown. Part two, uh, we looked at his time as an MTV reality star. Part three, his playing career. Part four, his uh, coaching career. Uh, or rather, I say, uh, part four is his uh, weight loss. He actually lost like 70 pounds at one point. When he, when he stopped playing, he gained like 70, and he lost it really quick. And then part five, looking back at his coaching career, we got some great insight into sort of what happened at West, at, uh, at Georgia. Uh, when, when people talk about him being disrespectful to Mark Rick, we got a lot of insight into what that looked like. And part six, uh, which is up at The Athletic, will be uh, sort of about what this coaching search looked like from his perspective. Um, and so I'd encourage you all to check it out. It's it's been great to work on, and I think uh, if you read that, if you're able to check that out, you're going to leave with a, a much clearer understanding of, of who the guy is that is now in charge of, of Tennessee football, and, and the future of the program is, for better or worse, on his back. Isn't it kind of crazy? He could have been like a lifelong high school coach, and now he's planning on being a lifelong head coach in the SEC. Yeah, he wanted to coach in high school. I think he figured out, you know, his dad and, and one of their family friends was like, you know, they tried to talk him out of it. Jeremy, why do you want to be like us? We're starving over here. Uh, and I think he saw, like, maybe that's not the best uh, route for him. And so early on in his career, I think he figured out, yeah, I want to be a college assistant. That's kind of the dream, I guess. But I think for him, the next step is always challenging for him. So it's, oh, I'm on staff with – Nick Saban, well, I'd love to be a position coach one day. Okay, I'm a position coach. It'd be cool if I could be a coordinator one day. Okay, well, I'm a coordinator at Florida State. I'm at Georgia now. Comes back to Alabama, but okay, well, maybe I can be a head coach one day. He got some interest um, with some other programs, and I think he was waiting for the right opportunity, and now it's, well, he's an SEC head coach, but can he be a winning SEC head coach? And, uh, you know, Tennessee... I don't think it was ever where he sort of envisioned himself being. He's a lifelong Alabama guy. But he's here. It's a great opportunity for him. Obviously, the sky's the limit for this program. And uh, that's sort of the task ahead of him now. It's the next challenge for him. And, you know, he's been a winner everywhere he's gone. And sometimes guys that have had that background, that changes in the SEC. Um, but it's going to be a challenge for him, and it'll be a lot to learn in year one. David Oven covering Tennessee for The Athletic. David, thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. A few more notes here on the show. I think there are a few players that deserve at least mentions for how they performed on Sunday in practice, and I, of course, will leave out players that performed well, but there were a few standouts, and on the offensive side, I would say one is wide receiver Jordan Murphy. He made a long touchdown catch where he was able to extend and catch a ball that was probably a little overthrown by Jarrett Garantano and come down with it in the end zone. I think Jordan Murphy made a few plays, including that long catch down the field, uh, he's a guy that was well thought of in last year's class, the 17 class coming out of Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Let's see if Jordan Murphy can help this offense. Another receiver, he's a newcomer, Cedric Tillman. I think he's impressed. Now, he's not going to play a big role right away, I don't think. But Tillman is a guy that is a big receiver. A few days ago, you heard David Johnson, the receivers coach, talk about the importance of receivers being able to block and be physical and 
Tillman has a lot to learn. He was not highly touted coming out of high school, but that doesn't matter at this point. It's what do you do now? And Tillman's a guy that has plenty of size, 6'3", 210 plus at wide receiver. He's looked good, I think, early on. So is Bryce Thompson. There's another newcomer, by the way. He had an interception on Sunday. Could he and Elante Taylor both make a big impact quickly in Tennessee's defensive backfield? We know the opportunity is there. Thompson will continue to be a guy to watch both at corner as well as in special teams. Daniel Batuli is also a guy that I think is going to be very important for Tennessee's defense. He can play a number of different roles at linebacker for Tennessee. He has leadership qualities that I think are very important to Tennessee's coaching staff. You will hear from Daniel Batuli coming up on tomorrow's show. And then Jonathan Kongbo looked pretty good at outside linebacker on Sunday. He even received praise from outside linebackers coach, co-defense coordinator, Chris Rumpf. So if Tennessee staff could get something out of Jonathan Kongbo and he can be an effective pass rusher for Tennessee's defense, that could make a big difference for the Vols. There's a long way to go. That's what David Ubbin and I were talking about. I think you'll hear a lot of people covering Tennessee saying, this team has a lot of work to do. That's probably pretty obvious, but it's true, and there's plenty of time. A little less than four weeks to go before Tennessee will open up September 1st against West Virginia, but September 1st will also approach very quickly. Thank you for being here on today's show, Rocky Talk, the daily Tennessee podcast, and I'm very excited again to have The Athletic on as a sponsor. Remember that offer, 40% off a first-year subscription. That's only $2.99 a month if you go to theathletic.com slash rockytalk. Thanks so much for hanging out today. The show's on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and the third-party apps. Spread the word. Tell folks about what's going on here on the Daily Tennessee Podcast. I'm on Twitter, at Josh underscore Ward, if you'd like to follow or send me any questions about what's going on with Tennessee or the show, and I'll see you tomorrow.